Hello, welcome to Stoner Chicks Podcast, the podcast by stoners for you. (laughs) (laughs) We're stoner chicks. That's Phoebe Richard. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Kayla Teal. And I'm Stephanie Thompson. <laughs> I love you, Phoebe. I literally just forgot what we say. I went in so confident. <laughs> I went in so confident. Well, Phoebe here. And I am high right now. I hope you all are too. And oh, be- yeah. before we even get to anything else, I'm going to go ahead and say that next week, listeners, we have a stoner movie book club that we are doing. First of 2023. Ooh. And it is one of it's hmm, I don't know where I was gonna go with that it's a special movie to me and the movie is called Desperately Seeking Susan starring Patricia Arquette and Madonna whoa I love Patricia Arquette oh I forgot this is the Madonna one I'm excited about this yeah very formative film for me very important from the age like 8 to 12 probably my favorite movie wow what year is this movie from hmm I don't have it in front of me I'm gonna go on a limb and say 87. Hmm. Cool. We can confirm later. It's around there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys know what else fun we have going on these days? Oh, I love fun things. Stoner Chicks Podcast is a proud sponsor of an improv comedy show in Seattle put on by Bandit Theater called Who's High. Ooh, Who's High. Tell me about it. I've been in this show several times and it's so fun. You get up with a bunch of performers and you do an improv set. Half the performers are very high and half of them (laughs) are sober. They do an improv set. They're all, you know, mixed together. And then the audience has to guess who's high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, fun. Have you always been high, Kayla, when you do the show? Of course I am. (laughs) Have you ever fooled the audience? I have fooled the audience almost every time just because I'm a very... functional stoner. You know what's cool is there's actually three opportunities to see this show coming up in the next few months and it's all at different venues around Seattle and all are venues I really like. The first one is on January 27th at 9 p.m. at the Fremont Abbey which is in the neighborhood of Fremont (laughs) and then February 17th it's at the Rendezvous which is the Jewel Box Theater I believe. Yeah, it's in the Jewel Box. One of our favorite places to perform. And on March 11th, it's at a theater on 18th and Union. Which is like in the Central District, Capitol Hill area. Cool. So yeah, so many chances to see it. And we're so excited to be sponsoring an awesome company and a really fun show. Yes. And you can find out for tickets and things like that. You can go to bandittheater.org to find out more information on how you can go. It's super fun. And I think as stoners and listeners of this podcast, you'll be able to tell who's I and who's not. (laughs) I have faith in you. So do I. So anyway, if you're listening, you should watch that movie. If you've seen it, cool. Watch it again. And yeah, we'll talk about it next week. It's a really fun one. I'm super excited. I also wanted to follow up with something that I had talked about a few weeks ago, which was setting intentions to work towards cannabis clemency and trying to get all the people that are in jail for weed out of jail. So I had mentioned before the last prisoner project, but what I kind of didn't know so much about is that it's a great place. It's a hub. And if you go to lastprisonerproject.org and go to take action, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. Something easy that I did earlier was participate in hashtag free Kevin Allen, 
Kevin Allen is a guy who's currently serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole after he was convicted for selling $20 worth of pot in 2014. What the fuck? A life sentence? Yeah. However, a newly enacted law in Louisiana provides a way for him to remedy the situation and worked with the DA's office to do a post-conviction plea agreement. So they're saying we can use our voices for hashtag free Kevin Allen. And there's all sorts of templates to write the governor and the DA's office emails or to call their numbers directly and leave a voicemail. That's what I did. I called and left a voicemail for the DA in this particular part of Louisiana. And then there's also this really cool thing that you can do, which is a letter writing campaign or basically just like being a pen pal to someone who's in prison for cannabis. Then they have different profiles of people who I guess were interested in receiving mail from people. And so they have that information and all sorts of tips on how you could just literally like be like, hey, this thing is happening in the outside world. And also, just so you know, like I'm working really hard to try to get you out of there and other people are working really hard to try to get you out of there too. And so it sounds really cool to me. You can find everything here. There's also the possibility to sign a petition for federal cannabis clemency telling President Biden and Kamala Harris basically giving them a step-by-step guide to put class-wide cannabis clemency effort in an efficient, effective, and secure manner. So anyway, last prisoner project. It's a good place to be. And I wouldn't want to start pen pal thing unless I was sure I was able to commit to it, but it's something I am considering. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Grace. Yeah, those are great ideas that also, if you don't have money to support the cause, those are things you can do that don't cost a thing. So those are great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a pen pal for several years with a prisoner. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. My roommates were really weird about it, though, because my return, because he would write me. What? And they were like, I know. I was like, he's literally could not be farther away across the country. <laughs> like, I don't think. Anyway. But it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. What was his story? Uh, I mean, he was in prison for murder. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I'm, uh, Why were you writing with a murderer? I just signed up. I saw my friend of mine did it. It was like you could, I mean, this was before I even had a cell phone. Well, I probably just had a cell phone, but I had a flip phone. Not that that really has anything to do with it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It sort of seems a little different. Mail was a little more of a thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. She did it just as like, she was like, I don't know. So I thought it was interesting. And so I became a pen pal for a guy. It was cool for a while, like I said, for a couple of years. And then he clearly was getting like, where he would draw like a lot of art and it seemed like a little more romantic for him. So then I kind of weaned off. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Those sorts of things are important. I know that there's a organization, I think, called Black and Pink, where you can write to trans prisoners, Ooh. people who are in jail who are trans and are probably having a really shitty time. Yeah. Anyway, that's wild, Phoebe. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, it is a little crazy. I never knew that about you. Oh, I mean, he was like 19. It was gang related. None of this is me saying, I don't know. It just was, seemed like a, why not? He was very happy to have someone that actually like was corresponding with them. 
Yes, that's great. I'm not saying that it's like indefensible. Yeah. It's not wild as in like, that's insane of you to do that. Just more like very interesting. (laughs) Quite remarkable. Yeah. I sent him photographs of me even. Like literal. This was back in the day where, again, I had a flip phone. You didn't take pictures. I had some blurry photos on there. So it was. (laughs) Taken with a little camera, probably disposable camera, and fucking developed. So romantic. You're such a romancer. Oh, my God. It wasn't, though. He never, like, I could tell, obviously, he didn't have other females around him, but it never, he was, it was, like, literally, it was years. It never got weirdly sexual or ever anything like that. It just... After a while, I was like, mm. I'm not trying to rag on you. I <laughs> exchanged letters with prisoners, but they've just been people I knew. <laughs> oh. It was never anyone I didn't know. Oh, wow. Fair enough. Well, all of that to say, though, Grace, thank you. Oh, yeah. We went kind of off topic, but <laughs> that's all right. I could go into a bunch of stuff about Andor, but I won't. And instead, I will go straight into talking about the Lunar New Year. Oh, Yay. that's right. More commonly referred to by white Americans as the Chinese New Year. This is starting on January 22nd, which is just a couple days from when we are releasing this episode on January 19th, 2023. So I wanted to share some stuff about Chinese Lunar New Year. So the dates of celebration follow the phases of the moon. It starts on a new moon the first new moon of the lunar year, and then it ends on the full moon. So it's a full 15 days. And since the mid-1990s, people in China have been given seven consecutive days off of work during the Chinese New Year, which is very cool. It's a week of relaxation and sort of it's all about luck. Of course, in 2023, we're going into the year of the rabbit. The lunar years are associated with different zodiac signs. And this is something that you might have seen before in a Chinese restaurant. They have a little mat and it has all the different years. This comes from an ancient legend about the Jade Emperor who said to all of the animals, whoever gets to the other side of this river first gets to be the 12 animals associated with the lunar calendar. So just to put in perspective how mythologized it is, one of the animals is a dragon. So that's pretty cool. I bet one of them's not a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, no. The zodiac signs include rat, ox, tiger, dog, rabbit, pig, goat, dragon, snake, horse, rooster, and monkey. So each of these animals is associated with a year, but it's actually in 60-year cycles because there's also five elements that each of the years is associated with. So it's kind of few and far between the combination of both the elements, which is, so there's wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And they're derived from the Wuxing five elements theory, a philosophy used to describe the relationship and interdependence between all things. And it's about finding balance and embracing the process. 
So I want to talk a little bit about Lunar New Year traditions in China. And then I want to talk to each of you about your Chinese zodiac for your year. Fun. So there's many different traditions associated with the Chinese Lunar New Year. A few of them are, but the focus of the whole festival and the whole holiday is luck. And so it's a huge thing. You want to be cultivating as much luck around you as possible going into a new year. So for 10 days before it starts, you like are cleaning and like sweeping out your house and like getting rid of all sorts of baggage. And then you're also supposed to settle all your debts ahead of the new year because the idea is if you go into a year in debt, then you end it the same way. So you want to avoid that. But then during the new year, there's also all of these little traditions specific to homonyms almost. It's like certain things sound like lucky or unlucky, so you avoid them or take them on. For example, I'll just pull up my handy notes here. The meaning of books, shu, sounds like the same word as to lose. And I can't really pronounce Chinese, just I can't stress this enough. (laughs) But you're supposed to not read books because the word for books rhymes with to lose. Mm. And you're not supposed to sweep at all because once you're going into the new year, if there's luck, then you would maybe sweep the luck out. Same thing, you're not supposed to, I can't imagine that everyone doesn't wash their hair the whole time, but it's sort of a thing of like, don't clean too much. Don't mm-hmm. wash too much out. You want to keep all your luck. A lot of signs in China, they have a character that means fortune. And there's a thing about turning it upside down because fortune rhymes with the word for upside down and doll. Anyway, and it means fortune has arrived. So a couple cute traditions are not cute. A couple meaningful traditions, but they're done with children. So in my mind, I'm imagining the children in the videos I watch and they're cute. <laughs> yeah. Is that red envelopes are given out with like crisp cash. Like basically like you give cash to people and you're supposed to give them out in pairs because giving them out as a single is like unlucky, like you're going to be alone. You're supposed to wear red. A huge part of the lore behind the Chinese Lunar New Year is of this scary monster called Nian who eats children. And so it's Mm. like a giant dragon monster and he's afraid of red. So you're supposed to do red everything. Or he'll eat your children. And it like drives you away. Well, if you're a child, like the idea is like, okay, children, like wear red. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like his style. I'm sure some people know. <laughs> There's so much lore around the world in many different cultures about yeah. children getting eaten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. There's also a lot of traditions around food. So, for example, melon seeds, like dried melon seeds, you eat them because when you're picking them up, it sounds like you're grabbing money, like coins clinking together. Candy is a big one. Sweet things, sugared lotus fruit, and then dried abalone and dried moss, black moss, like all these delicacies that 
are like really expensive. But so it's the thing to eat around the new year to be like, okay, like being rich and ushering in richness and prosperity for the new year. They hang, everyone's supposed to buy new clothes, that sort of thing. So this comes from myths going back to 2600 BC. So we're talking about like really centuries ago, centuries and centuries ago, these traditions go back. And mostly what I got excited about when I was learning about this was the festivals of lights because lanterns and lights are a huge part of this. And the light displays that they have and like light parades are incredible. There's Lunar New Year's that happen all through Asia, but they're celebrated at different times and with different customs in different countries. I wanted to shout out South Korea and their Lunar New Year, which is, I'm not going to do this well, Shrole, and they also have just like huge light displays. It's really incredible. Anyway, another rhyming convention is the word for tangerines rhymes with luck. So everyone eats tangerines, chrysanthemums are associated with luck and narcissus. So the paper white, like little lilies, they have them for Easter and stuff. And then also walking around peach blossoms. So it just sounds really cool. Everyone's on vacation. And depending on what zodiac sign is associated with that year, there's like tons of like statues and stuffed animals and food shaped like the different animal for whatever year it is. And this year, since it's a bunny rabbit, it's going to be so cute (laughs) all over the place. And while we're thinking about bunnies and happy thoughts and good food, I will send us into a smoke break. Then when we come back, zodiac signs of my fellow stoner chicks. Ooh, that's me. Enjoy your smoke break. Yes, it is. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) Bye bye. Welcome back from our smoke break stoners. My name's Grace Penzel and I'm giving you a report about the Chinese Zodiac. Now, I'm sure that our listeners are on this tip, but If you choose to engage with the Lunar New Year, please do so respectfully. I don't think we're trying to do any sort of appropriation of different cultures here. However, I do think it's interesting to think about, depending on what year you were born, theoretically, what it means about you. I think we shall start with our honored Phoebe. Thank you. Who was born in the first, since this is all about who got to the other side of the river first. I think this should be. I'm the wisest and oldest. The wisest and oldest. Oh, I couldn't even say the word oldest. (laughs) The wisest and oldest. So, Phoebe, you are a gold rooster, also known as a metal rooster, because I think gold and metal are interchangeable a little bit. So, it's 1981 and 1921. So, the next one won't be until you're 60. Okay. So people of the gold element and rooster sign are able to distinguish right from wrong 
having the clearest mindset and the most considerable power Mm. of independent criticism among all of the 12 zodiac signs. (laughs) They are determined and brave enough to face all difficulties and they make a great fortune due to their perseverance and hard work in life. Mm. Just as the old Chinese saying goes, no pain, no gain. Hmm. Love it. The first half of that, I, well, that still sounds kind of conceited, but I was like, ooh, I like that. I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit of a glutton. Yeah. Here's the thing. You have to understand that this is supposedly saying that everyone that was born in the year that you were born. is Well, maybe you have to look more into different types of meanings. Yes. And then also, I think that there's even more specific things based on the the month and where you were born, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. This is just a sort of overview of it. Of people from your year. Of people from Mm -hmm. your year. There's a spectrum of golden roosters. Well, I do think the ability to distinguish right from wrong is important. A golden rooster does sound very auspicious. Like (laughs) if I were to think of a lucky thing, that would definitely be one. Yeah. Also lucky is our next lovely stoner chick, the wonderful Stephanie Thompson, born in 1984. You are a wood rat. Oh, I'm wooden? (laughs) Yeah, you're a wood rat. I'm so glad I'm not a rat. I'm sorry. I know it's probably the least liked of all the signs, but I love the rat. You do? You know who else was a rat was my dad. So I like it. But anyway, the character of wood rats, principled and charming. We've got a lot of principles going. Wood rats have strong principles and use strategies flexibly to reach their goals. They like to feel safe in life. However, they are often haunted by a sense of anxiety. And that's why they work so hard each day. (laughs) I would take all of this with a grain of salt. They have a charming personality and are ready to care for and help others. They are also well-versed in laws and regulations. Boo. Follow traditional moral standards. Boo. <laughs> and have a strong sense Boo. of teamwork. And, oh no, a strong sense of teamwork. Yay. Getting along well with others, although they sometimes seem selfish. Mm. True. Mm. I'm always going to the craft services table, the buffet table at parties, and I'm just going back for seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths. Like a little, <laughs> the little rat I am. I love the idea of going to someone's house for a party and being like, nice craft services. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, Kayla, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Yours is the metal horse. 1990 Chinese zodiac sign is the horse and it is the metal element. Cool. Phoebe, we're both metal. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking metal. Am I a golden horse? Oh, yeah, I guess you are the golden horse. I like that better. Gold horses. Yeah, here we go. People of the gold element and horse signs are kind, straightforward, and ready to help others. Mm -hmm. They are very popular among their friends, although often offend others without meaning to due to their straightforwardness. Generally speaking, they get along well with young people. True. Gold horses are constant in love, but their life is full of challenges as they can only have a harmonious marriage if their lover is willing to put up with them. (laughs) (laughs) And then as far as romance is concerned, they are rather calm and rational, although they are liberalists. 
and they won't take any action before their love fully devotes to them. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. 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 And then finally, we've got good old Gracie, which I'm a golden goat. All you guys are all golden. So we're all gold. Except me, I'm all wood. (laughs) (laughs) You're a wood rat. (laughs) All wood. It says goat sign people with the gold element are ambitious and kind-hearted with a strong sense of responsibility and work. They prefer doing things little by little and are able to set up their own career, placing an emphasis on principles and faith. Sometimes they are so stubborn that it's hard for them to accommodate themselves to circumstances. Therefore, they should learn professional job skills in order to achieve success. (laughs) Fortune finds its way to them and they make more money each year. However, to some extent, they also suffer unexpected personal financial losses as their money increases. Interesting. A lot of it has to do with money sort of things. So, huh. But now you know a little bit more. A lot more. And one of the main things is that everyone goes to hang out with their families. The whole thing is to return to your family, return to your ancestors, like tap into the luck of the family. It's a lot of people traveling to get home. We can all relate to that. It was difficult for a lot of people this year. So be grateful and check out some stuff about the Lunar New Year and all the light parades. And in the meantime, I'll hand it over to someone else. Stephanie. It's me handing it over to me. (laughs) Hello, Stephanie. Hello, hello. Taking the end over. Yes. Well, we are dead in the middle of dead smack dab in the middle. Damn. of winter time, and <laughs> that's true. I okay. Now I understand why you're using that language. <laughs> it's cold up here. We have in the Pacific Northwest. We have seasonal affective disorders and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and I kind of wanted to do a little discussion with you, ladies, of what exactly gets you through the winter months. And I'm calling this segment. Winter Blunterland. Walking in a winter blunterland. <laughs> blunts, 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 blunts. <laughs> blunts, everybody. <laughs> so what inspired me to do this is that I saw on like TikTok or Instagram or someone, I think it was Instagram, and I think we might have posted it on our story. I'm not sure that that's where we I saw it, is someone smoked out of a snowman. Yes, I posted that on yes. our Instagram. You may have seen it other places, but someone sent that, a, a listener sent that to us, and so I posted it. That's awesome. It was so fucking great. I couldn't, I tried looking for it quickly to show you, but I think you guys all saw it. Anyway, it was awesome, and I thought that was a great activity to get through, kind of, if you're in an area with snow, to make a snowman and smoke out of it. That's just awesome. But... Oh, Yeah. I up here, since it doesn't really snow that much, it's more rainy and cold. Very cold. <laughs> Although not as cold as other places. So never mind. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like 40 degrees. <laughs> I struggle getting through some of the rainier months of just because I like to do a lot of stuff outside, like fly kites or like go on hikes or anything like that. And you can't really do that when it's super wet out. And so I guess I'm asking for advice. What do you guys do? 
Kayla, I know you're in beautiful, sunny L.A., so you don't have that problem anymore. Mm. L.A. hasn't been so sunny, but it... Oh, really? I do get a few days of sun a week still. It's not like Seattle, for sure. But when it is like that, when it's dark and rainy or snowy, I think one of my favorite things to do high in the winter is go in a hot tub. Ooh. Ooh. Damn. Because that's pleasant no matter what's falling from the sky, unless it's hail. Yeah. But yeah, I love to like pass a joint in a hot tub. If there's snow on the ground, like okay, a very positive memory of me and my partner and my partner's brother. And we were like doing different challenges. Like his brother would give us a challenge, like Mm. jump out of the hot tub and run around the house or jump out of the hot tub and make a snow angel and jump back in. And like, we were just, I'm sure we were stoned. I think we were. (laughs) (laughs) We were definitely drinking. I'm mad I haven't done that this year. That sounds awesome. Well, it's not too late. We're only halfway done. We're only halfway done. I wanted, yeah, to get, what am I going to do for the next two months? Yeah. Well, my favorite activity this winter is to get like really, really fucking high at like 3 or 4 p.m. and then take a long nap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, that could be a slightly the depressed part of me talking because it's been (laughs) that kind of winter so far. But I actually think because I don't I'm not generally a big napper. And in the summer, I don't nap. And it's fucking glorious. So truly. It's my winter blunt <laughs> <laughs> A nice cozy bed. Yeah. And I might be crying when I fall asleep, but man, when I wake up, I feel okay. Mm. One of my favorite places to cry is in a shower. Of course. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Airplane for me. I think we've talked about this. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> it's It makes you cry. The change in pressure. Did you know no. that? Yes. It doesn't make me cry, though. Okay, the ubiquitous you or the royal you. Do not tell me most people cry. I've not, most people are not crying on planes. <laughs> no, I'm not saying most people cry. <laughs> Sorry, you made me whine. Listen, what I'm trying to say is very calmly that planes, apparently, the pressure change makes you more liable to feel strong emotions, including for some people, weepiness, which is what I get. Very much. Yeah. Mm. I guess when I watch sad movies on planes, I cry more. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I cry everywhere, so. (laughs) (laughs) Phoebe's a crier. And this year has been the year of Krakat. I don't know if I've ever cried more than I have this year. I mean, maybe when I was a baby, probably. But that's good. It's healthy. Agreed. (laughs) Isn't it quite striking when you see someone crying in public? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, boy, man. Especially when you can tell they just don't fucking care. Like, they're oh, they're so yeah. in it that it's, they're, obli- it doesn't matter who's looking at them, doesn't matter how, yeah. I've been there. And you can relate to them. You're like, oh, I, whatever they're feeling, I know, I know I've felt that. I saw someone crying outside my gym, just walking and didn't care the other day. I always assume it's a breakup, but that's probably not true. Breakup or death. Yeah. Well, for me, Steph, if you want a positive thing, (laughs) (laughs) I like to try to make the morning as special as I possibly can and get really as best lighting as I possibly can. When it feels so cold and gray and impossible, you gotta be able to make indoors feel warm. And so I think 
If you don't have enough lamps, get them. And if you're using fluorescent lighting, just don't try to just get like good old fashioned light bulbs and it's warmer and nicer. And then, but yeah, looking forward to the mornings, like sometimes in the winter, I'll do something crazier, like getting a flavored creamer or something to like make my coffee feel special or like go tea shopping, get a bunch of like fun teas to try in the morning to get you to be like, oh, I get to get up and like, or like if there's a certain kind of jam and toast you like or make the morning special. And finally, as someone who was a dog walker for five years, still just being outside for a while, even if it's shitty weather, is really important. Even just getting shit on with some rain and walking around in the forest, like you said on the last episode, is better than not getting out at all. So Exactly. Even if it takes some time, you're still getting a little bit of vitamin D through the clouds. So just even hanging out there for a second. Washington's super green all year, but I mean, go outside and get stoned and like look at a crazy tree that's naked of all its branches and just like think about it as like an alien form, like moving around or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, I love it. Thank you for those ideas. And actually, listeners, if you have other ideas for me, email me at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com or you can email me your high thoughts. That would be great, too. In high thoughts, they have to say what? Dear Stephanie, hope you're well and happy. And I think for Winter Blunderland, it's not here to ask how you're doing. No. Here's my Winter (laughs) Blunderland (laughs) review or whatever. No. Yeah. Well, because don't ask her how she's doing. It's clear she's in winter and she's depressed and she needs your help. So reach out. (laughs) Stephanie, I'm going to get I'm going to cut right to the chase. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I wanted to be Stephanie. I'm going to cut right to the chase. (laughs) There we go. There we go. But yeah, I don't know. Also, Steph, if you, I was thinking about our walk in Fremont earlier in the summer, and I was thinking we should do it again now in the winter. I would love that. Let's set that up. Create your winter traditions, folks. Create your winter traditions. Thanks for listening to Stoner Chicks Podcast. We really love doing this and we really love that you love the pod. So thank you so much for listening. Or even if you just like it. It's okay if you just like it. or And it's okay if, if you're listening out of obligation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm curious about right in. I want to know about that. Yeah. Why do you feel obligated to listen to us? <laughs> <laughs> what if my dad wrote in? <laughs> he, he's listened to one. Anyway. I hope you're chasing the winter blues away. I love all these fun things that you can do in the winter, things to make winter time more cozy. And something else that'll make your life more cozy is our website, stonerchickspodcast.com. <laughs> you can sign up for our newsletter, which Stephanie writes once a month. Mm-hmm. And that'll make you feel extra cozy this winter. You can also visit our Instagram at stonerchickspodcast, our TikTok at broccolibroads because they don't want us to be stoner chicks on there. You can also, we already talked about our email. You can write us a letter, <laughs> P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. And you can also join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month and help fund the future of the podcast, help us make it bigger and better and more exciting than before. We work really hard on the podcast. It's not all just smoking weed, okay, folks? We're doing a job up here. (laughs) 
And it is a lot of smoke and weed, though. <laughs> it is a lot of smoky weed, but it's a lot of work to get to the weed smoking. It is. And we do four episodes a month for free here where you are on your podcast app. But there's two bonus episodes a month at patreon.com slash stoner chicks. At certain levels, you get more perks like merch, our monthly smoke sesh. There's like almost 40 episodes of stoner chicks you haven't heard that are waiting on there for you. Some of them are the best of all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think my favorite episode we've ever done is on there. So I don't remember which one it was. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. We get a little more personal and sometimes we play naughty truth or dare. We do. We are a little naughty over there. (laughs) So, Stephanie, say you're a stoner chick. What do you always say? I'm going to roll up that snowman and smoke out of him. Yeah, man. Oh, my wood rat. I'm a wood rat. (laughs) Walking in a winter blunterland. Wood rat. (laughs) Wood rat. (laughs) Golden rooster. Walking in a winter wonder wood rat. (laughs) All right. Bye. 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 Bye.